Thank you for choosing the bit effect. It's not the best choice, it's Spacer's choice. Alright, yes, and with me to discuss the Outer Worlds is nobody but my good friends, both Craig. Yo, out of this world. And, and Mike. <laughs> uh, hello. Um, say goodbye to them now Fuck because me. I'm going to put them into stasis and freeze them and probably never defrost. Um, I myself am going through a weird forever young thing where, uh, as I get older, I look more and more like Mel Gibson. So I'm hoping to get this done quickly and then hang myself. All right, so uh, this is this is gonna be a bit of a biggin. So strap yourselves in. The standard spoiler policy applies here. Uh, on this first episode, we're gonna talk more about um, the actual mechanics of the game and how the game plays. And then episode two is going to be about the story and maybe dialogue choices and things like that. We're going to try not to spoil anything if you're just listening to this to see if, oh, hey, should should I play this game? Um, so let's get this started right away with Craig. Give us the stats and the history and, well, towards the tail end, tell us why uh, this was important enough to pick for a monthly game. Okay, so in that order, stats-wise, okay. just, to, just to get it out of the way... Um, Outer Worlds, it was released in October 2019, developed by Obsidian. It was released on many, many things, consoles and all that kind of lark, and it was free day one on Xbox Game Pass as well, because Obsidian were bought by Microsoft in, shit, 2018? Does anyone know? I think it was about 2018. It was a couple of years ago anyway. Give or take a year, sure. Give or take a <laughs> give or take ten years. Let's do that. <laughs> so yeah, um, it was developed by Obsidian. So I know Obsidian purely through Fallout Three, my uh, Fallout Three, Fallout New Vegas. So my love for Fallout New Vegas goes back many, many years. And when I heard about the Outer Worlds, this is a mix of why I picked it and also the history of the the developer. Sorry. Um, when I heard that The Outer Worlds was coming out, it mixed two of my favourite things, which was a good Fallout game and space. So those two things combined together made this very exciting. What would the odd thing about it, and I can't remember if you guys remember this, I know Luke certainly does, but I didn't have a single bit of hype until about two weeks before the release of this game. And then all of a sudden, there was a massive wave of media... And I just went, I went through the roof. I was like, this is happening. I'm getting this. It's going to be amazing. And it was. So that was the reason I picked it. Um, Obsidian themselves, they were, they've been founded by, I was telling Dave earlier, that it's like five guys, but the only real guy I know is a guy called Fergus. And the only reason I know him is because he comes from Scotland. And Wolfenstein. Ah. And Wolf okay, and Wolfenstein. Thank you, Dave. I've totally forgot about that. <laughs> um, so the, his original company was Black Isle, who developed Fallout and Fallout Two, which were both very good games. And then Baldur's Gate, and I have never, ever, ever played any Baldur's Gate games, which is absolutely fine. Okay. <laughs> is that? Uh, no, no. Yeah, it's absolutely fine. Um, another interesting fact is Black Black Isle, the developer was based in Irvine in California and I myself was born in Irvine, Scotland. So 
Hey? So <laughs> good luck. Yeah. So you're saying this was your birthright? I think it was my birthright. So after the whole Baldur's Gate lark, Obsidian went on and they started, they got a reputation for making very good sequels. Like um, Knights of the Old Republic, Neverwinter Nights, they were very good at making sequels. I never played Alpha Protocol, which I don't know if I should have or not. I don't uh, know if you it's, guys... It's, it's flawed but interesting. Yeah. Um, and then my baby darling Fallout New Vegas... Um, a few wee bits and bobs later, South Park, Stick of Truth, another very good game, and Pillars of Indeed. Eternity, which I hear from a previous episode, is also a very good game. I don't know much about it, but yeah, yeah I've heard yeah. it's good. I know. A uh, few more games later, Pillars of Eternity 2, then The Outer Worlds, which is my baby doll, and the upcoming Grounded. So by the time this episode goes out, Grounded would have released last week. Which I I yeah I I'm I'm torn but interested yeah, man yeah it's it's got it's another day one on Xbox Game Pass so last week when I it came out I downloaded it and I realised it wasn't really my thing it's a nice setting but I don't think it was my jam so oh uh, we'll have to talk about it after the show because well we'll we'll save that discussion for gold subscribers <laughs> yes and we can talk about that. On there. Um, so uh, myself, like uh, I'm kind of more familiar with Black Isle than I am with Obsidian, but uh, because you know Baldur's Gate and all that to Fallout's and uh, Planescape, all that nonsense. Um, and then they oh, I cannot operate the PS4 with my voice now, just Ooh. in case you were wondering. Um, plus, uh, for me, one of the big ones was the um, the Dark Alliance games. They did. Um, Kind of a, a spin-off of the spin-off, uh, the Champions of Norath. So I, I played, I played. No, they didn't do Champions. No, anyway, they they did one of them. I think it was Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance two, maybe. Um, and then it was Knights of the Republic two. And after Knights of the Republic two, it was like, okay, yeah, these guys are good. And I didn't really play anything until uh, New Vegas. Mm-hmm. And that is very apropos for Outer World. I'm sure yeah. we'll discuss many places how it's almost a sequel. Yeah. to New Vegas. But uh, th- these aren't really a guy that I'll uh, make sure I know what they're doing at all times, but if anybody ever says, oh, that's an Obsidian game, it, it at least perks my interest. Um, Mike, what about you? What's your history with Obsidian? Um, so when you say about Black Isle, I know that I, I in the past have accidentally mixed them up with Blue Bite. I don't know how that happened. They're both but, colors. Uh, we both start yeah. with BL. Uh-huh. <laughs> looking at the looking at the releases of games though, I think the only one I've really played is probably Fallout New Vegas. Um I I've very little very little knowledge of Obsidian at all. Oh you didn't did did you play South Park out of curiosity? Because that was a big thing nope. for a while. No. Nope. I, I I was curious, but I think I I think I had a quick go on a very start bit. And then sort of like thought, uh, I've got too much too much to play at the moment, so I didn't. Then I do remember that Alpha Protocol. Uh, in my mind, I thought that was going to be a sequel to Headhunter from the Dreamcast. I don't know why, but I don't yeah, think it was. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, but I, I never played that either. I, I, I remember thinking I might give it a go, but just... You know, it's, it's flown past. Never touched it. Yeah, you were never hey. really a uh, CRPG guy. Mm, Back in the day, not really, not really. Remember how much? 
it took a lot of persuasion to get me to play Divinity, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that is right. Yeah. Uh, let's not yeah. mention that game very often in this because. Oh God. Mm, Please. Guys. We did that a lot last episode. <laughs> I won't. I won't. But you know, Divinity's pretty much popped my cherry on that sort of angle, and yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think I'm going to go and revisit many yeah. of these games, but I have played Fallout New Vegas Honestly, to completion, and I remember seeing a lot of Romans in it. See, out of oh my god, the ro- like honestly, those guys took me by surprise. The first time I ever played this, I was like, "What the fuck are Romans doing in this? What is this? What's going on?" <laughs> Complete mental, but really good. Um, out of all of the games, if you haven't played them, the one thing that I think can be overlooked quite easy is the South Park game because it is actually flipping solid. That and the sequel are both yeah it's kind of paper mario plus yeah in terms of like gameplay it's it's pretty good Uh, the the really like most and if you like the kind of humor behind south park a wee bit like finding um gold poops and is gold poops and toilets a collectible i seem to remember something do you need to find or do you need to poo in every toilet in the village or something like that yep yep that was in two i think yeah yeah um things like that if you find that most amusing then you know and the combat is pretty cool with the grid based turn based thing it's it's pretty ace it's pretty ace yeah, yeah the underlying gameplay is pretty good mm-hmm. anyway. and of course it, it is probably the funniest game you'll ever play uh, really yeah yeah it is, it is very chuckle worthy anyway um yeah 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 sorry so um these guys have a really interesting pedigree when it comes to this kind of game because um from what I remember hearing, a lot of people blame the problems with Fallout 3 New Vegas on the fact that Bethesda didn't give them any time. And it uh-huh. was kind of just, we need this out now, bugs and all, just ship it. Proving that Bethesda is a great publisher. Yep. But um, this was kind of their redemption song in terms of, no, look, if we have time, this is what we can do. And so going into it, I was... Um, I was excited and a little leery of the whole thing because of my uh, my past with these kind of games, you know, your your first person open world RPGs. But um, let's just crack right in, right into. Um, I'm trying to think of where where we start. The, yeah, the only thing that I th- like the only difference in our almost parallel stories is because of my love of the Fallout series particularly New Vegas because of its cheekiness. You get, there's there's a marked difference if you go from New Vegas to something like Fallout 3 or 4 because everything dips. It feels like the writing quality dips. There's just something missing from it and the outer worlds is the thing that was missing from those games. Like Everything that's good about the outer worlds is the stuff that was in New Vegas that's just missing. And well, I mean, my problem was that... Um... The Outer Worlds didn't have Preston Garvey. <laughs> um, Fuck. All of the Fallouts before that also had no Preston Garvey. So um, I was a little disappointed going into this. I'm not going to keep harping on this. I won't bring it up again. But I want people to know I was disappointed by that. I By the time I was about 40 hours into Fallout, I was like, Preston, I'm not even coming anywhere near you because you're going to give me another fucking <laughs> stupid fetch quest. I'm not even talking to you. No but have you seen his hat? His hat's amazing, but his hat fuck him, fuck him for his man. quests. His quests are shit. Uh, um, 
there are a couple weak points I want to bring up, and and oddly enough, uh, it, it does draw parallels to Fallout Four in mm-hmm. some regards for me too. But um, okay, so that we should probably keep companions to the second episode, huh? Companions, yeah. Story second. Um... Why don't you give a quick rundown of uh, not a rundown of the story? Geez, um, why don't you give a quick like setup to the story? Okay. Yeah. So the quickest setup in the world ever is this is in an, in an alternative timeline where some US president who was assassinated wasn't assassinated and this guy was, I can't remember, Dave you might know because you're American, but he was very much um, for corporate America and corporatization and privatization of public sector things. So this alternative timeline where he didn't get assassinated has resulted in a few hundred years later a very, 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 very corporate America. So the government are now a corporate body and everything is based on employees and money. You you know, your average citizen is an employee. And on top of that, there are colonies in the outer worlds of other, you know, like solar systems. And they have sent um, big starships full of frozen people out to go and work to try and make sure that profit can be earned from these outer worlds. And it just so happens that the one that you were on didn't quite make it and some crazy doctor has come and revived you to make sure that you can revive the rest of the people on your spaceship. Is that vague enough? That's pretty good. Uh, The only thing I would add is um, the turning point of the story is the doctor wakes you up with the express purpose of trying to break down the corporate culture yeah. that has kind of ruined the outer worlds. Yeah, and it's very um, it's very corporate cheeky awesomeness. Everything is the the entire theme that that has is very strong and very well done. Uh yeah, it it's it's you know, blade runner corporatization past the point where it's sad and it's now become funny. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, the president was William McKinley, a president nobody oh, remembers and probably you. never should, but he got killed to make sure everybody remembers him. Mm-hmm. Kind of like but, Polk. No, but nobody remembers Polk. Let's be honest, Dave. It turns out if he hadn't been killed, you would be like President McDonald, uh, President Ronald McDonald, although actually you're not that far off. Come to I was think gonna of it. say, Craig, we're not terribly <laughs> far from that. Oh my future. god. McKinley's death wasn't enough. We need to send a Terminator back. Um we could make a McKinley look alike Terminator mm-hmm. to kill McKinley. Oh my god. I think that would work. Uh yeah, um there there is something here uh that I do want to state. This game wears its politics not on its sleeve, but on a giant sign that it is beating you over the head with. Um, oh yeah. So if that's something that that angers you, uh, you you may not want to. Uh, mm-hmm. Personally, I think it's a good thing. Luke, uh, whether if I, you're uh, listening, <laughs> yes, yes. If you are Luke, you will hate this game. Um, but I'm really interested to see what you guys think about this. But we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to state it, it's a very political game. These guys are not shy about how they feel about what they feel. Mm-hmm. So if that bothers you, then this is something you may want to stay away from. Anyway, moving on. The uh, well, let's get to the uh, the actual mechanics of this. Okay, can so, I uh, can I can I ask a you, question to kickstart this? 
Sure. And I don't know if you've asked me this already or whether we've had the conversation, but uh, that would it help if you didn't. That just versus slow space time, real time shooty. What? Wins? Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, for us, uh, Craig, edit this out later. You went how, and then it just kind of machined out, and then we heard oh, sl- sl- slow time. I'm guessing you're talking about the Vats versus yeah, yeah. Okay, right. So my question slow is. Time? Vats versus slow time, holdy button down, real time shooting thing. What do you okay, prefer? Right, yeah. What um, wins? Well, well, and um, listeners, if you're listening, what I'm talking about here is your slow down um, shooting you. mechanic. You're welcome. Um, if you've ever played Fallout before, you know you can tap R1. I'm sure it's R1 in Fallout as well. And you will enter some sort of slow motion thing where you can select a particular body part to shoot and you've got a percentage of what damage you're going to do, what extra damage you're going to do, if you're going to hit them or not. Maybe you're, you've only got 50% chance of hitting them in the head and 80% chance of hitting them in the body, that kind of thing. Um, the Outer Worlds has a slightly different approach to this where you enter some sort of time dilation and you then actually have to manually move and shoot and each shot or each bullet diminishes a bar and say you've got a pistol out, you could maybe get three shots off in this mode before it all goes back into and you're back in like real time. What do you guys think about these? Uh, you want to go first, Mike? Well, yeah, okay. As, as a Remedy fan, I, I like the bullet time. Um, uh, so speaking in terms of this game, I think that, like you said before, where it shows an energy bar when you're sort of doing the the, the bullet time effect mm-hmm. thing, uh, is is that exclusively locked just to when you're in this mode? Because I I noticed the little I was I was playing the PC version by the way. I know you guys are playing on PlayStation and Xbox maybe, mm-hmm. but um yeah, do do you only get that health bar showing up when you go into the slow down mode? Oh, the diminishing bar? that. Yeah, because I know in Fallout you usually get like an enemy name at the very top and a little bar underneath the name. But I, I did notice a little box pop up over the action when I was shooting people up close with the uh, the slowdown mode. Um, do you get it... energy bars normally? I'm trying to remember, to be honest with you. No, I think unless you're in combat, you don't yeah. see the refill rate or any of that. I mean... When it, on console, I don't know if it's the same on PC. Uh, it right. kind of has the Fallout feel, where whatever you're targeting, you'll see a little uh, small text blurb about them mm-hmm. uh, during the slow time, and then you'll see, well, you know, bullet- <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I thought the bullet time was pretty cool, and and having that text pop up a lot more prominently in the display made it more useful. In terms of playing the game, the truth is, I was playing with keyboard and mouse, so it wasn't really such a problem with accuracy because I'm yeah. always a lot more accurate with a keyboard and mouse. So it's sort of, it didn't really benefit. It just gives you a bit more time to think about what you're going to do next. So you're going to run away after taking a few shots and, you know, especially if it's a human enemy, if it's a big monster, you're sort of just going to stand there soaking up damage and shooting the hell of it, out of it still. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you can also use your, bullet time for uh for melee weapons which mm-hmm. is pretty cool and it gives you a you know you, well, i never you did try melee animations in there. no you know? oh right right well 
as a multi-skill, Ooh. multi-skilled build, I I did I did play about with every bit of my arsenal possible. <clears throat> well, um, I just to be upfront here, I have now played this four times, and all four times I've played the same build. Um, because variety <laughs> is the spice of life. Because it, I struggle, I really do struggle to fall out of because it's right because it's not just about like the build i don't like big smacky hammer thing so that's out for a start i don't like anything melee i don't like big smacky hammer but the the intricacy and dialogue and speech options and and sneaking options is so great a pull to me that no matter how many times i play it I i would struggle to go back to something like that. It's like when we play anything else and it's like, oh, Craig, do you want to do Sword and Shield or do you want to take this the bow and arrow and be a sniper, stealth person? Oh, no, I'll take the bow and arrow. Or dual wielding knives or something. I struggle. So I've done it four times and I've done it the same way. I am. This is something we'll talk about later, but I think the build quality in terms of combat is not very i mean this is a problem i have with fallout too it's not very diverse in terms of combat and you just have that problem with fallout 2 yeah i mean fallout 2 uh yeah it was great and you did all kinds (laughs) of raidery stuff and there was that big town like chris avalone wrote it who evidently is a terrible person now but yeah uh yeah uh just fallout 2 (laughs) <laughs> Fallout 1, great. Fallout Tactics, great. Brotherhood of Steel, great. Um, anyway, so uh, one thing that hasn't been said yet is this slowdown bar works, uh, I think, a little bit more multi-purpose than VATS does. I do like VATS. VATS is, VATS mm-hmm. is a very cool, great way to get across a turn-based nod in a non-turn-based game. But uh, in this, once you click that button, everything goes whoosh. And time slows down to an infant decimal amount of time passing while you're not taking an action so you can look around you can scope out your surroundings you can see what's going on and that bar barely drains at all it's not until you start to move or shoot or take any other kind of action that the bar starts chunking down so i timed it once and to go from zero to empty uh i believe it was over a minute of just standing there just standing, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if if you want to use this like Vats where you just click it and then go, okay, what am I going to do? You mm-hmm. have time to think about that kind of thing. Um, in terms of what it accomplishes, I think it accomplishes the same thing as Vats. Is, well, go into this mode, shoot the person in the leg, they'll be crippled. Shoot the person in the arm, they can't attack. That kind of stuff still happens. I don't think it slows the game down near as much as uh, Vats does. And Vats also becomes, once you're later on into Fallout becomes a way to just kind of skip combat encounters. Like, yeah, yeah, I've got 32 bullets, put them all uh-huh. on his head kind of thing. Uh, this uh, kind of walks around that to where you're still always engaged in combat. So yeah. I, I kind of like this more than I like Vats. I am the same. I suppose that's why I asked the question, because I was curious to see. Um, but I very much feel the same for the very same reasons, as it just feels slightly more flexible and slightly more open, but still pretty awesome to do and the only thing i I didn't oh god no on you go i was gonna say the only thing i didn't try is um can you interact with stuff while you're in whoosh time good question no idea you can use it to extend your jump range if you sprint jump oh i didn't know that and then go into slope time you can jump further so you can jump over buildings and stuff using it 
I didn't know that. Because I was wondering if that would help in a stealth build where, let's say you're spotted, but you still need to hack that thing. Can well, you, if you're in you combat, can you smack it? I normally, I normally went straight into it out of panic and then scoofed round the corner or <laughs> our head. <laughs> so it works. All right. Um, in terms of the broader mechanics, uh, this game is very much the you create your character. And then I think this does something that uh, more games should in terms of how it distributes its stat mm-hmm. qualities. Uh, so in this, you have broad categories. You have your tech, you have your thieving, you have uh, melee, ranged, um, dialogue, I think it's called. And then leadership. And underneath one, each one of these headings is a subheading. Now, if you add two points to tech, what this does is it raises everything under the subheading of tech by one point. It's not until you hit that break point of 50 points in each skill that you can then go in and further customize to where, okay, now I have to just choose, do I want to put points in persuade, uh, lie, or intimidate, I believe? Uh, so, so there's a lot finer detail, and you're not gimping a build. If you want to go, oh, I want to be a hacker that um, doesn't talk and just smashes things with a hammer, th- you can do that, and it you won't be deficient in other areas as well because when you're leveling up your hack you're also leveling up your what is it um lock pick not yeah yeah lock pick and what's the yeah, other yeah. the third one uh it's lock pick a uh, thievery uh like thief. uh, yeah, stealing stealth. theft pickpocketing yeah that kind of thing whatever, there you whatever. go couldn't think of the word we played too many hell. games with these skills in I know, it. I so know. yeah so uh character builds become broader in the beginning, but then they kind of narrow focus down yeah. into the specifics you want. Uh, I, what did you I guys was, play? I was thinking about this, and it's very much, and this is pure management bollocks, but it's very much in this fourth industrial level revolution that we're suffering, a T-shaped professional. So it's a very broad but highly skilled person, which when you reach a certain level of broadness, you then choose to pick a specific skill it's exactly that like completely wouldn't it be an upside down t because you brought it at the beginning and then focused at the end well but it tries to merge it into the the fact that you're a person so you've got your arms out as if you're being i don't know like crucified or something what if you don't like like t-shirts it's a good, it's a good point. I mean, I want to be a t-shirt professional as much as the next guy, but... Anyway, all I'm saying is it absolutely rings true to what is actually a good way to build a person, as in yourself. Um, because it builds a safety net. You don't plow all your points into pickpocketing and then realise you're stuck with an autosave in the corner of a place where everyone wants to kill you and all you can fucking do is pickpocket your way out of it and there's nothing to pickpocket to get your way out of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> like, um, uh, I didn't put too many points into guns, but I did uh-huh. focus on um, uh, long guns. Oh, God, that was, that was pistols. Because yeah. I, I thought the pistols were garbage and I thought the shotguns were garbage. Mm. But, um, but every time I put a point in because I wanted a point into assault rifles, it still moved everything else up. So if I found myself with no ammo... I wasn't a complete knob with a handgun. I still got a decent amount of worth out of that. Uh, And the same thing goes for any kind of uh, tech stuff. Like, yeah, sure, you may want to focus on medical, 
but you'll be somewhat proficient once you get up to 50 enough to pass some dialogue checks in other areas as well. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's a great way to explain it. Now, what you didn't explain is what route did you take? Uh, personally, I went a focus on dialogue and mm -hmm. all the tech trees. Okay, I was a sneaking, talking person. So my sneak was maxed, my dialogue was maxed, and what I did for the entire game was sneak until I got caught and then talked my way out of that situation. And that worked for the entire game. By saying, look over there. <laughs> Every time you got caught. Close enough. Um, Mike, you said you were kind of a broad-spectrum antibiotics approach to this. <laughs> I, th I think the only path that I didn't really commit to was the um the stealth path and in part it was kind of like at last minute i was reaching some some sort of um some points where you might need 60 odd in you know lock picking or sort of hacking where i finally went yeah let's commit to that a bit more now but before that it was pretty much across the board initially i was saying it's going to be pistols it's going to be handguns and that's it and then when I noticed I was using melee a bit more because I was just getting a lot more return. You know, when, you, when you're shooting someone, it takes about 15 shots to kill them compared to uh, three big hits with a big sort of funny dentistry. Uh, yeah. Um, a space thing drill. from the future. Yeah. <laughs> you sort of go, all right then, I think I'm going to go melee a little here. And then sort of... And then over time, I just kept, I just kept changing. I kept thinking, should I... All, all the time in the back of my head, I was thinking, pump a bit more into dialogue because it's always nice to be able to, to lie or pretend uh -huh. you're a scientist or anything like that. But but no, no, the the only one I really stayed away from was the um, the sort of stealth angle. But at the end, I had to pump that in anyway because mm. I sort of needed it. So I, yeah, across the board, I don't know how you can just commit to one path in this, to be honest. I, that is amazing. Like The more and more you play it, the more you look at it, all the kind of paths get you through it it's the thing that i think is beautiful about the game is no matter what you decide to do or specialize in because it's got that broad you have to level up to a level 50 and something before you specialize you're literally you're sorted no matter what no matter what you decide to do and then the strangest thing about it is whatever you decide to do it works so if you decide to murder everyone like, that's the thing we haven't mentioned is the very, very unique thing about this is you can murder every single main person in this game, every key story character you can just kill. If you want to do the quest for the person to jump through hoops and do whatever, you can do it. Or you can kill them, maybe lose some reputation points with the bold or whatever, but you just kill them and steal their safe key. And it works. Although, as... As a safety, as a sort of safety clause, it is good to have skills in places to get you through bits where you've got no other option anymore. <laughs> I mean, um, if, if you do go down the murderous route, you really, really want to be able to shoot a gun. You're not going to sneak your way out of that. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think one of the other cool things, as you said earlier, you know, having that lock off at like level 50 or so for each skill, um, it sort of makes you think, well, do I really want to commit to handguns now? Because for one point into handguns, I could get three points in a, another another tree. So, you know. It's very hard if you hit a break point for something early than everything else. You're like, well, well, this gives me more return on investment if I just put one into three. Yeah. So, 
just to just to kind of like not balance not balance that out but articulate that in the game your uh, skills unlock at 0 20 40 60 so you break off at 50 with leveling things up and when you get one of those up to 60 you unlock a new skill so that's is it 60 the... i thought it was 50 huh, no I'm it's sorry. 60 it's 40 and 60 that does lead on to my point which was that I was putting odd numbers into different ones. I was putting three into this, seven into that one. No, mate. Four trickled into this no one, mate. six into that one. So I was sort of like, no, I don't know. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have got these extra benefits. That That's you- a bad. You're a bad man. You're a bad, bad oh, man. Let's see. I Everything did, needs I to be a- an even number. Everything <laughs> needs to be an even number. <laughs> I did a very. Um- imperialistic approach to leveling it was like all right i know i get 10 points so i will put two into this two into this two into this two into this every level until it's maxed what the so hell are I, you i wasn't really <laughs> i wasn't really looking at every situation going okay what can i use here the most it was nope two goes into long guns two goes into medical two goes into tech two goes into yeah it, it was just that's how i did it i can't get it all the way to the top i can't do that as soon as i hit the 50 for something like dialogue i was like Dialogue, 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 di- until I hit 100, and then I would move on to something else. Because I then knew that no matter what dialogue... Like, imagine you get further on the game and dialogue option comes up and you needed level 95, which happens, or 85 or something, towards or the end. Or 100 for the or, end. For, or 100 for the end. Imagine you got there and you had, like, 97 dialogue. You'd be kicking yourself in the nads. Ah, well, now see, now see, uh... That is a situation you'll get yourself into, but uh, not the way I played, but we're, next I want to talk about how we each played. But uh, that's what the chemicals are for. That's what the, the yeah, uh, yeah, outfits yeah. are for. Uh, another thing that uh, this does very close to the Fallout franchise is every certain levels. I want to say, what is it? Is it every five? Every ten? I think it's ten. Every ten levels, you can pick a perk. And these perks range from wildly useless to very useful and almost must have. I thought uh, these every... are your things. Oh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just. Saying, I thought it was every two or four levels. Like it's more regular it really? than. Yeah, it's more regular than five or ten. So I, I did that thing where I would gather a few levels and before. then pick. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of hard for me. To, uh, yeah, these these range from everything to. Um, no bloody mess, by the way, which I was disappointed in. But uh, these range from a plus eighty percent carry capacity to you can sprint twenty five percent longer. To uh, if you kill a person, your next hit will be a critical hit. Uh, those kind of things. Your companions also have these perks, but they're much more limited than yours. Uh-huh. And those are more uh, as in what type of character do you want them to be? Um, we'll speak more on the companions later. But okay, so. Uh, every time I play a first-person RPG or, well, any kind of RPG where customization is a big thing, I like to play a version of myself for my first go. So, um, Is that a person who likes to hoard stuff, keep them on their back, and never return to base? Hence, 80% extra backpack. But then... No, I didn't actually get the extra backpack stuff because uh, in this, I very quickly found that, oh, I really only like assault rifles, uh, so everything else I'm selling or breaking you, down. You did, it... you did actually mention every single perk that I picked up in the game. Just <laughs> so I don't know how you did that. But... Uh, I, I did a lot of, um, because I played on Supernova, I did a lot of like the second wind stuff and mm-hmm. uh, your, your, your healing being able to bring back your companions. I did a lot of companion yeah. stuff 
with I, mine. But anyway, the, we'll the, the first one of the first perks I picked up, which combated a lot of things for me because I seem to be a kleptomaniac, is I pick everything up, become over-encumbered, and then normally have to inventory jungle, juggle to figure out what I'm doing. But one of the first perks you can actually buy is uh, fast travel while over-encumbered. I'm like, I'm having that. <laughs> so you'll just like ah. pick up everything, even if you're crawling your way through the last bit of a level, just like slowly dragging your legs and then quick travel. I, I resisted it and ended up walking around like an idiot about <laughs> one mile. <laughs> ah, now, now see, I, uh, I was Looking never over benches. <laughs> but oh, I also made it a point to never use fast travel in this entire game. I played the entire thing without using fast travel. Um, what? And there's a reason behind that, and we'll, we'll talk about that later. But uh, is it the Skyrim reason? Fast travels for pussies. No, it's the Witcher reason. But we'll explain it. I'll explain it later. Uh, okay. Okay. So, right. so my my the way I play uh, my heuristic or whatever you want to call it for this is I'll play like myself, where uh, I don't lie, I don't steal, I don't use drugs, and I don't use chemicals, anything addictive. And uh, that I'd talk my way through everything because uh, I, I used to be a tough boy. Now I'm a soft boy. So I soft boy my way through everything. Um, and it kind of works. Like there, I didn't run into any problems here without stealing, without uh, lying, without any of that. So it, it passed that first test of, oh, hey, okay, I can play this any way I want. Because my fear is always like Skyrim or like Oblivion or most Bethesda games. It's designed for you to steal stuff. And uh, I like to see if, if you can pass that curve without stealing stuff. Are you guys both dirty, rotten thieves? No. Of all the things, I like lock picking because lock. Oh yeah, picking, no lock picking anything, no hacking anything either. Mm. I I kind of like lock picking to see what's in things and stuff like that. But it's more of a if you come across like an alternative path that needs lock picked, I'll do that. But I don't I don't steal or pickpocket. Good, good man. Mike, what about you? Well, the, there is honour amongst thieves. However, I was the only thief there, so there's no one else to, <laughs> so, to share so that honour with. So Mike it up? Does, out of curiosity, <laughs> Mike, does it like pretty much break the economy if you just steal everything? Uh, well, no. I, I'm, um, I only do it in certain cases. I won't just do it all over the shop. It's sort of as a last resort sort of option, it's not. You know, I'll, okay. I'll try and I'll try and go as far as I can. But if I see something on a shelf and I think I need to have that, then you know, no, no think, bites are getting in the way of me. <laughs> I think it's something we probably should address in this episode, as opposed to epi- episode two, is how much you can actually break the game. Well, the, one of the weird, weird things is the first thing I was going to mention off the bat, but you know, when we started started this was mm-hmm. um. New Vegas is known as a, a quite notoriously buggy game. On the on uh-huh. the PC, this was a... I didn't see a single glitch, a single sort of anything. No no funniness, no no people getting themselves locked in the wrong door. And so yeah. that, in fact, the only thing I got was one door which I couldn't identify myself and ended up going up and down a lift five times before I realized <laughs> there was a door which takes you around to the office that I needed to get to. Apart I only that, got stuck in terrain once, like in the entire game. So yeah, yeah. yeah I this don't is... think I did at all. I'm more. Me- I sorry. I was more meaning like in terms of 
completing it or breaking things or killing someone that you shouldn't kill or do, uh, like well when you breaking the mechanics or breaking the economy what or breaking the story what kind of deviant does that stuff I say what kind of deviant I had I did that once so in my four odd playthroughs four and a half playthroughs because I also did something which we can mention in the next episode um one of my playthroughs was a speedrun based on trying to mash my way through it by murdering everyone and it took three hours and 45 minutes to complete the game Ooh. by killing everybody so in the in the first world run in oh no we can't yeah, even yeah do, we can't even do this we'll talk about we that more later but the, my point is the game is so open to being broken or playing it the way you want to play it but the game itself doesn't break if that makes i'm trying i'm yeah, trying you to can break the, the game not glitch it out oh uh, yeah yeah exactly yeah. what one of the ways to say it is that that i i kind of destroyed any any chances of ever being loved by about two two different factions one of which i was wasn't even aware was in the game so it didn't really matter to me <laughs> but but it did dictate that when i made any choices to you know side with any factions i choose i choose the one which i was i was closest with because i knew all you know all friendship was lost with another one so i sort of i did play the game a little that way knowing well but well by by lucky coincidence it turned out the option was there to drop people later on so i, I was quite lucky because i would have never managed to get any sort of reputation back with the people who i'd i'd, uh, I'd done the dirty on uh um, the board <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So you brought this up, Craig, and let's let's talk about this. Um, yes, you are correct. Uh, this game is Batman, and you are Bane. You just snap <laughs> this thing in two. It is not very difficult, and that is was was a huge problem for me. Um, I played it on Supernova, and there are problems on Supernova that I, I have in. An inkling that not not one of the Splatoon ones, but uh, I have an mm. inkling that it doesn't matter on lower difficulties. So uh, on Supernova, you have the same thing as on what was it Survivor in Fallout New Vegas? Was it Survivor Survival something like that? Survive. Yeah. Uh, so you have to worry about your water. You have to worry about your food, and you have to worry about sleep. Uh, those are all fine. The problems that start to come in are companions. Uh, companions on Supernova, if they die once, they're dead. So a lot of this game became a babysitter simulator for me, but I can't really hold it against the game because I chose to play on that mode. That's not something that's in every mode. Yeah. Uh, it, it did really ruin a lot of stuff for me on my first run. But again, I, I can't hold it against it. What I can hold it against is this game is stupid easy, even on Supernova. Um... It has a really great curve, right? Where the beginning of the game starts really well and you're scrounging for every bullet and you're scrounging for food and you can't sleep in other beds because you're scared of lice or something and uh, you, you can't find enough water and you're just scrounging for all this stuff and it, it, it makes going out to find stuff fun and interesting. Uh, once you leave that first, I'm just going to say first world, uh, that's when none of that matters at all anymore for... Everything past the first world, I was walking around with almost 3,000 bullets. 
and I had more than enough instant Mac meals to keep me full, and I had more than enough uh, dehydrated water, which I thought was pretty good, Mm -hmm. Uh, to where everything that made this mode special was now nothing more than a 30-second tax on everything. Uh, the, The only thing I think that Supernova does bad is how it saves. You can only save in your ship. So what they want you to do is you you venture out, you get stuff, and then you come back, you go to your ship, and you save. Uh, I ended up having to exploit it a little bit because uh, it auto-saves every time you hit a loading transition. So if you do a bunch of stuff, leave town, go get killed, you will respawn in right at the be- right before you press the door to leave, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And th- this does turn out to be a pain in the butt because if you're out in the middle of nowhere and it's time to go and you don't want to fast travel to your ship because where you have to go is just 10 minutes that way, it, it it's kind of bad to restrict saves like that. I mean, I, mean, I know it makes it harder, but it's also made it yeah. more of a pain in the ass. Um, and when uh, I didn't fast travel, so everything was walking places. Uh, what difficulty fast, did you guys... Oh, is fast ahead. travel an option in in that mode? You can only fast travel to your ship. That's it. Okay. Okay. So you'd fast travel back, save, and then go back out into the. Yeah, yeah. Which, which okay. Let's say you're gonna uh, assault a base. You're like, well, crap. I, mm. I've been out here for thirty minutes. I want to save. So you got to fast travel to your ship, save, then walk your way all the way back, and everything's respawned that you've killed, which is fine. Oh. I mean, that's that's normal gameplay. Yeah. It, it just everything mm. had a time tax on it. Uh, what mm. did you guys play on? Oh, su- yeah, I super the- duper easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like story. As- I've played on a variety... Oh, so- sorry. I'm no, no, no. Sorry. No, that's fine. I, no. I, I don't need to explain that. It was tough getting me on this podcast, so... Super duper <laughs> yeah, easy. Yeah, no, no, no. That, that's fine. Job. No, no. Uh, I'm not disparaging anybody for not playing on Supernova. It's just... Yep. Nope. I, the first time I played it, um, like back on day one, was on super duper easy. Like super duper duper easy. Um, because I was more interested in the story, I suppose, and I got through it, and that was fine. Like you know, like it's absolutely fine to do that because it's there for a reason. Um, I haven't yet played it on Supernova, so I, I've played it on normal, and I played it on normal with the speedrunny kind of type thing. I think that you could break it to the point where you could do a speedrun in Supernova. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, like, and and not what all you would be doing is huffing your inhaler constantly while running through places with people trying to shoot you. Yeah, <laughs> and while, I think you, uh, with no companions, you're like, well, I'm sorry, you yeah. guys are dead. Just the way it goes. I, I think you could totally do that. Um, I I don't think there's any problem with it, like at all. Picking super duper easy over anything else. Oh no, no, because, yeah, I don't have a problem. If you want to, if you want to play on easy, that's fine. It's just. Uh, for me, um, my biggest problem with this genre, like like every single one of them, except maybe Stalker, maybe, uh, is the moment you break the power curve, it becomes boring. Like by the time I hit Ultra Assault Rifle, oh, I, I have the weapon I'm going to use for the rest of the game. Uh, I have the armor I'm going to use for the rest of the game. There's no point in checking stashes at all anymore. Yeah. So, so that, you, that's, you, that's a you, me thing. Yeah. Because it is a you thing, but it's a, it's a very valid thing because you could get stuck 
in a place where you're just like, oh my god, I've just this is just going to take time. The worst difficulty is time. And and while I don't have time, I don't have problems plugging time into things. Remember, I play JRPGs for fun. Um, <laughs> it, it was just the moment there starts being any inherent reward for, well, I'm going to check these drawers or I'm going to check. The moment that happens, the boredom really kicks in for me. And it doesn't for you guys, I take it. Nah. Mm. Well, just to just to add a bit more more background to the easiness, uh, there is there is the fact that I think games are a little bit devalued by being on things like Game Pass. Like you don't you've not physically bought the game, like PS Plus as well. You know, you might not really give it as much of its time as as it it might deserve in some cases. But at the, at the same point, when you've already started The Last of Us Part Two. And you're racing the, against the clock of spoilers with with another game. That that's also another option for why I went easy. But, um, well, yeah. Plus, I mean, I mean, you weren't a big fan of this to begin with. You were just in the yeah, it's all right camp. Yeah, yeah, true, true. So I mean, yeah, yeah. I I don't again. Uh, don't. This isn't a Sekiro. You cheated not only yourself but the game. No, <laughs> no. This isn't a, that kind of thing. This is just a. Uh, like Witcher Three, I, I played that on Death March, my first uh, go through. I use it was, I use trainers on Sekiro to give me infinite health. And you, sir, 5, cheated 000. not only the game, you cheated the <laughs> government, Margaret Thatcher, and yourself. Uh, no, no, I have no problems if anybody wants to play any game on easy. I think that's great that more people get to experience something. Uh, it's just for me, what I bite down on in a game is the uh, friction between game systems, like the game we're gonna play next it's and without that i don't find might much to bite on to that's all also can i bring up right here that i've been lying the entire time and i actually think this game is the worst game ever made and that comes for a very simple reason of this makes you shoot space gorillas (laughs) and gorillas space gorillas never should be shot Ever. They are wonderful creatures, and I'm going to have to give this a zero out of ten. Because <laughs> no I you can you know what? You can kill every you can implant little little uh Metal Gear solid collars on every dog in fiction and blow them up. I'm fine with that. You touch a gorilla, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. So Hang on a moment. Is, are the now these these gorillas in the game, are, do they actually look like gorillas? Because I encountered something that looked Sort they do of look like, like gorillas. Gorilla. I don't, okay, I'm not sure what I bumped into then, but I'm they're not... purple. Ah, uh, they're mm. like purple. They're only on certain planets, and yeah. the planet that they're on is a place you don't have to spend a lot of time in if you don't want to. Okay, that might explain it. I don't yeah. think I did encounter mm. the gorillas. No. So yeah, whereas I I spend a lot of time everywhere. Yeah, I, I did too here. <laughs> um. Can we can we discuss uh, on the combat front? Can we discuss the enemy variety because this has that weird dichotomy of what is here is really good. Like I really like some of these monsters, but there's not a lot here. I was gonna say off the bat, I don't. You know, a lot of people have a problem with Fallout Four. I I'm not one of those people. I I like Fallout Four, but no, really. I think the enemy I, design I like in Fallout, Fallout 4, 4 is, is on a, a different level compared to... I think this is one of the very weak bits of the game. I think some of these designs look like they're just taken out of... 
you know, like some sort of 60s sci-fi movie sort of thing. And just, now, See, that's what makes it maybe, a plus for maybe, me. Maybe, a, maybe a, <laughs> a mixture of that and sort of No Man's Sky random creation. So, okay, now know. hold on. Like, hold on. Like a penis-faced giraffe? Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, okay. certain I killed one of those in the game. We can all agree <laughs> the best thing about Fallout 4 is Nick Valentine, and that is it. It's, there's nothing else. Nothing. Well, Nick Valentine is the best bit about Fallout 4. Hands down. A lot of Fallout 4 is good. Now, see, wait, really wait, wait, liked... wait, 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 wait. I'm curious about oh, this. God. Like, like Fallout 4, um, every monster in that game has been in other Fallout games. So there's not any new monsters for Fallout 4, is there? It's like no, Super no, Mutants, no, Rad no, Roaches, I know crabs. that, but I'm just saying, in, in general, the whole, the whole Fallout monster set, I think it... I think it's leagues oh, above, oh, above okay, what's there. Okay, gotcha. Uh, no, I'll take I'll take weird manta queens with hives in their stomachs over super mutants any any day. Mm. Those 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 uh, pathology slides are really good They're too. So good. I really like They're those. Really good. But anyways, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Craig. Go ahead. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is the slides in between loading screens of the monsters? Automation. That's they all I was going to say. But yeah, I, I found I found myself going from whoa, that Manta Queen is very susceptible to melee attacks. Oh, are they? I didn't know yeah. that. Ooh. I just shot them in the hive hole about fifteen times. Um, which was the which was the um the enemy that keeps saying about a blue mark on its back or something like that, which is supposed to shoot very. It, it kept popping up on the loading screens for me. It says. Ensure you you target the the small blue reticle on the back of this robot monster, or something like that. I think it was just the 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 little uh, not R two D two looking, but like R two D two size robots. Yeah. They have little little black stuff. Uh, there is a really heavy reliance on robots, which um, I would have be less excited about if they weren't that nineteen sixties Robbie the robot design. Uh, yeah. I, I really like that about a lot of these things here. My 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 only main problem is there weren't enough monsters and I got really tired of killing bandits. And it was always bandits. Bandits. Always bandits. It's, that's the both of those points are the Fallout three New Vegas things. Robbie the Robot, the 60s robot, is the sheriff from that first town. You know, the robot <laughs> That's thing. right, yeah. It is exactly that, which I just I just think it's hilarious. Every single time I hit that, I make sure to leave there and that robot is sheriff. There's no way anything else is happening because he should be sheriff. Um, but it's bandits or raiders and it's... It, that's, that's it. And it's a wee bit... Um, uh, tiresome? Monotonous. Yeah, They're always, it's yeah. always a group of four to six, isn't it? You take two of them out with one area attack straight away, and then you just pick off the last ones as you see a little radar pop around and say, one of them's hiding behind a crate over there. And that's that's pretty much it. Um, On repeat. It, it was the, the only thing that was nice about... Uh, I, I don't think I had too much trouble with how many things there were. I do like that it had uh, the, the super special versions of each monster. Like, I want to say Notorious Monsters, but that's Final Fantasy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, mm. oh, this is the Mega Mantis Queen, and there's only one of them uh, kind of thing. Yeah. Or this is the Super Space Gorilla. I'm pretty sure I came across about two of them back to back. At, in fact, I think when you enter one place, you you do immediately just bump into like two of them right next to each other. 
Ah, uh, there are some. There are some Safari. named monsters too, like oh, this mm. one's named Thumper or something, mm. kind of thing. Um, all right, so so we've talked about a lot of stuff about this. Uh, the question that I kept asking myself was this: Does Fallout still have appeal for you after this? Yes, absolutely. Fallout has a massive appeal to me because it's still it doesn't have the space element, but it's got the futuristic semi-corporate open element. I I love a Fallout. I, there's no way I don't, including 4, including 3, including everything after New Vegas. Um, maybe less so 1 and 2, but for less first-person reasons. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't like the first-person combat in Fallout 1 or 2. Just just the worst. <laughs> I know. Yeah, those, the other worst, the angles you get from first-person. Who thought that was first-person? Um no, it it doesn't it doesn't phase me at all. I'd absolutely still have an absolute um, raging boner for them. Um, in uh, even in terms of game design, mm-hmm. yeah, like completely not like um, three. No, oh God, four, three less so, but four New Vegas and three, yes, because it doesn't. It's they they feel a bit more open. And they feel a bit less focused than than the outer worlds does, but I would still easily go back and play them because the things that you do, that you interact with, and that you talk to, and that you shoot in those worlds, all feel as higher quality. Okay, like your interaction with Nick Valentine. Well, it's all Nick's amazing. There's, there's just bits to it. It's just like ah, oh, it's so good. I. I think I think that's a point to say. Em- environment. I don't know if we've talked about it too much, really, but there's something about there's something about the outer world's environments which really sort of puts me off. It just doesn't seem to work as well as you'd want. And I think Fallout trumps it on that level completely too. But having said that, I think if you were to rip the mechanics of the outer worlds and chuck them into a Fallout game. You'd probably have, arguably, one of the best games ever. I think the core of the Outer Worlds is better than the core of Fallout. Yeah, like a Final Fantasy Seven esque remaster. So the Outer Worlds engine and core of that, but apply Fallout a Fallout skin to it. Vegas. <laughs> yeah, is that what you're you're, you're yeah. saying? Because I would maybe think that would be amazing as well. Like, I like space, and I like things spacey, but despite all the sci-fi-ness and the things that I like like that, this isn't particularly... It doesn't draw on a lot of sci-fi things. It's more corporate America, monsters. I didn't see one single Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Easter egg when I was playing. you know what I mean? That's a crime. It's space, but it's not sci-fi sci-fi. So it's... I think you're you're onto something there, Mike. They need to um, on it. I I kind of agree a little bit with both of you. Like with Mike, I disagree with Mike on the uh, the environments. Um, I think how colorful and how cool some of these planets were works for me way better than oh look, it's another town and there's ants in it. Oh uh, whatever. Um, but I think the core gameplay of this is way stronger than Fallout's ever been. Um, one and two excluded, of mm. course. Yeah. Sorry, had to burp. Um, nope, but for me, everything about this had more appeal than Fallout. To where if I would be more excited for an Outer Worlds two than a Fallout five, not counting 
Fallout 5 through 75. Uh, Fallout 76, on the other hand, needs to die. But I wonder, are we in danger? And this is probably a wider question, but along, Mike, and you sold me on remaking a Fallout in the Outer Worlds engine. You know the way Disney films have men. Oh, we're, we're, we're doing The Lion King, but we're going to do a live action. action. Are we in danger of everything just being remade and 10 years down the line, all the games we're playing are just remakes or anything from games past? Well, uh, can you name me a remaster that isn't good so far? Um, Silent Hill HD Collection. No, that's that's a, uh, well, well. Sorry, I meant remake, not remaster. Yeah, remaster. There's been some. There's been some ugh, remasters <laughs> for sure. Sorry, remakes. Um, what's a bad remake? Uh, Secret of Mana. There we go. Secret of Mana on PS4. Done. Now we need a backup. Craig, what other bad remakes have we got? Ah. Um. It's got to be a Prince of Persia remake somewhere, which is rubbish. <laughs> There must be something somewhere. Uh, was there not a really terrible GoldenEye remake as well? That was no, it was good. It was alright. Was it? Yeah, GoldenEye yeah. Reloaded. I mean, the only problem was you had Daniel Craig in there instead of Pierce Brosnan, our lord and saviour. Okay, so, no, that ru- that ruins everything then. It, it was it terrible. Did. No, no Sean Bond either. I didn't like that. Uh, but, uh, okay, yeah. That, I mean, that, that I... I I would love remakes of some games like like that would hit top priority for me. But uh I, I don't yeah, I don't know. I mean only the future will tell whether we get a remake of Medieval 2. So would you go, yeah, give me Cyberpunk or yeah, give me a remake of Medieval 2. Oh, uh, see that's not fair. That's totally fair. If, that's exactly if you were what like, you no, said. No, give me Cyberpunk or a remake of The Witcher 1? But that's I, not what you said. That's not what you said at all. You just said well, remakes. Yeah, yeah, but you're, you're, um, you you got to keep it to the, like, the same company because, you know, like Capcom, are they going to remake Resident Evil 4 or give us Resident Evil 8? Turns out they love us and give us both. Okay. But, you know, if I had to choose, uh, I would take a, a remake of the first Witcher because that's aged like a fine milk compared to, you know, Cyber... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it is strange, right? Because you want games to play like you remember them playing, not necessarily mm-hmm. how they played. I don't know. We should talk about that no, some other time. Is, is, the outer, <laughs> is the Outer World still a updating game? Is is there any further updates coming from them? I mean, I mean, it's... What is it? Is it approaching two years old now? Uh, it's a year and a bit. Yeah. Or just about a year. October oh, just about, oh, is that all? Is that all? Also, it is yeah. very, very recent. I didn't realize. I thought it was actually coming close to two years because it, it's, no. a, it's brilliant on the PC. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Do, is there no loading problems? No sort of like oh. funny looking oh, visuals Mike. on PS4? Oh, Mike. Oh, Mike. PS4 Pro. <laughs> um, PS4 Pro, there are there's some texture popping. Not a lot, but enough. Like when you land on the ground, Baker, and you're running towards the door, you can see some bits and bobs pop in on the stock Xbox One. Right. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, my Oof. I have oh actually God. done that, come to think of it. I, that's the first place I played it on Game Pass, just to test it. It's first, fucking horrible. Is it locked at 30 frames per second as well, as well on console? It's, 
I think it's locked at 30 frames a second. There's texture pop-in like there's never been texture pop-in before. And even between places where, like a town that you're in, if you're walking a certain amount, if you walk too fast, the whole game pauses and you get a wee circle to load the next bit of the map in. Wow, that sounds miserable. It is... It's dire. It's so dire. It's unbelievable. Apparently, the Switch version suffers the same thing, but it's it's awful. Now, now I mean, you mention it, there was one single point where I, I I walked down one route and I suddenly thought, "Hang on, I'm going completely the wrong way." I did a, a very quick 180 and started running the mm-hmm. opposite direction. And for a brief second, I, I think for maybe just short of a second, I saw. A, little loading wheel pop up and I thought ooh that's odd it's the only time I ever saw it throughout the entire game I mean I got that for seconds and seconds and seconds on the Xbox um I mean that that is a problem I mean while we were we've been singing the praises of Obsidian almost every single one of their games have copious amounts of loading like um like Craig uh, the loading screens in this are roughly equivalent to loading screens of Pillars of Eternity it's you know every time you want to leave town loading screen you want to you know go into a certain building loading screen you want to leave the gate certain loading screen yeah it's that kind of thing every single obsidian game i've played in recent future really big problems with loading screens well i did i mean i did put this on the ssd i was pre-warned by your pillars of eternity speeches from previous episodes (laughs) so yeah Um, no no problems which, which I, I guess I have a problem with, considering how small the worlds are. Like, there's no real huge maps in this. It's not It's not so much the outer worlds as it's the outer cities on different worlds. The outer planetoids. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I get what you mean. I, I think they're different enough, though. Like, Byzantium is totally different to somewhere like Edgewater. Oh, yeah, design or, aside. Absolutely. Yeah. But they are quite... They're very wee. They're very wee. They are very wee. I do like the way they sort of put it all in the game. I mean, I don't know... I mean, we've already mentioned about moving across different planets, but you go to a a little cockpit bit, you press on that, you get a little animation, and then you go to the actual door itself. And I'm going to guess there's no real loading bit in that first animation bit. That's just a... Well, no, I where it shows you're, you're across the star map. Which is a waste, because yeah, I hate I don't that. Think that's like, a, out of everything, I hate that bit. Scene or anything like that. I'm guessing no. that's preloading stuff in, because they know you're going to the door. Mm. Yeah. I'm I mean, saying that's, that's, that's on SSD, that was, I was never waiting more than about five or six seconds to leave the ship anyway. Oh, mm-hmm. here it's a probably a good, what would you say, Craig, like 30, 45 seconds? Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. This is rough. a this is Sometimes a game that would definitely benefit from SSD. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, right, right. Like, I do you know something? I had a thought, and we're we're like an hour ten minutes, so we should actually shut up soon. But I need to tell you my story from recent times, and that is, I played an old an old remake of Black Mirror, the point and click adventure, which was mildly successful in the early 2000s or late 90s can't remember which and netflix sequel they have they have right think i and the only one i know is symphony and i think you're going between room to room there's a corridor you walk through and it cuts and you've got some corridor music or nothing and you go from door to door and that's fine this game has a massive load into a corridor 
and you walk like Ooh. two feet up a corridor and then there's another massive load to get into the room beyond it. It's like the corridor is the place where it should be loading the next room, but it doesn't. <laughs> it just, <laughs> it's just there to walk up oh, and you're like 30 seconds between two loads in a corridor. <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, disgusting. Yeah, it's, like, it's it, actually disgusting. Uh, yesterday, me and... Would it, would it maybe have been something like Silent Hill on the PS1 where you sort of, you went into a room and then suddenly things went a bit treacly and you thought, oh, I don't know what's happening here. And it would be like trying to guess which room you were going to go into next. <laughs> you could hear the um, drive just go, oh, crazy. Just just yesterday, me and, uh, me and my kid were playing some old games together and I was like, hey, you should try Metal Slug because Metal Slug is amazing. And so I popped in the old PS2 Metal Slug collection and... They had loading screens to load the loading screens. Oh, my God. And she's like, Dad, how did you put up with yeah. this? I'm like, well, you know, we didn't really have a choice. But, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's like, really, guys? You couldn't just... Mm? Um, just, but just, yeah, just a very quick contemporary thing. I, I finished a, a Blazing Chrome today. And it, it was, it's, you know, it's, it's a recent version of like an old contra game but it has a little cool bit which reminds me of all like the old msx sort of metal gear games and stuff where when you finally get to that end track which is like an, an audio sampled thing it, it brings up a logo even though it doesn't mean anything it says loading audio track from cd or something you know to bring up that, <laughs> that bit of digitized volume it's quite quite funny but i don't think that loading was necessary it was just there as a little sort of you know oh it's funny funny yeah. Yeah, we're going to make you wait for nostalgia reasons. <laughs> All right. So, is there anything else we should bring up about mechanics? I'm sure there will be some bleed over into the second episode because, again, this is this is a not a big game, but it's a mechanically diverse game. I think the only the only simple thing we might have missed that could be said in a sentence is it is your traditional main quest sub quest. Oh, You've got multiple yeah. choices, and you can you can play it your way. As, as EA would say, <laughs> oh my God, what happened there? Play it Fuck. your way, like EA. No, EA was it, in the game. It never said play it, it your way. Is it Who the, the hell says play you it your can way? Go your own way. Is that? Is that <laughs> as it yeah. Mac? As Fleet. Who says play it your way? Someone says Burger that. King. I, I I don't know. No, that's let's <laughs> have it, it your way. Anyway, that is it. it. That's the that's the point I was making. Is the just simple basic premise of oh. how you actually to progress. Okay, so cu- a couple rapid fire things. I'm gonna bring. This is the lightning round, guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, so did anybody else get bothered by there were like 15 faces in the entire game? I didn't notice because I'm face blind. Yeah, I didn't notice. I'm probably really. Blind. Oh, there were plenty of guys where it's like you go. You, I mean, the big guys like uh, just names like Sanjar. And the old lady uh, uh, botanist, they all have unique faces, but there will be people that are aged differently versions of their faces. So I saw a young version of the old lady botanist, and I saw an old version of Sanjar. Yeah, their their age shifted, but a lot of the same faces. All your companions are unique. Yeah, it was it was it was like oblivion level. Where it's like, I oh, hey, that guard is standing next to that guard. There, there were some absolutely disgusting faces in the random face generator at the start of the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there really is. <laughs> what Never did, click um, random when you've got something that looks half normal to begin with. Right. To finish it off, finish it off, 
apart from the fact that you can pick and choose in your character creator that thing what what per, uh, additional perk what the hell is the actual technical term for it your additional feature your additional your life skill <laughs> yes yeah is it, what was it Oh, 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 where like you could have been an electrician or you could have been. Yeah, a... exactly. Oh, okay. Because gotcha. I was a, a. Your occupational perk. Your occupational perk. So when you're creating your character, you're creating your character in a corporate world. So you pick all your perks, like dialogue, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then you've, you can pick, you can opt to pick something that gives you a perk or a bit of a perk with a bit of a, you know, debuff on something or something. So I picked cashier because it had a plus two dialogue. So do you remember? And and that that just rung out to me. And it all of them read like you have great talking skills because you're great at speaking to customers when you're working the till. And I'm like, that's brilliant. I was an that's electrician, an absolute... if I remember correctly. All yeah. oh, right, okay. Um, I cannot remember. My it was if there was something really generic which made looked like it almost didn't do anything and I think that's the one I went for I think that was not picking one (laughs) (laughs) Um, last thing I want to say is if you're if if this is important to whether or not you're going to play this which I think we all at least recommend that you play it given certain caveats Mm -hmm. uh, is there is no crafting in this game which surprised the ever loving bollocks off of me but is refreshing in the same hand I was expecting to craft ammo uh, craft. I mean, there's there's no. tinkering, there's, there's modifying, yeah, yeah, and breaking down things and all that sort there's of stuff. There's degradation, but, yeah, yeah. yeah it, uh, it's like the Horizon Zero Dawn level of crafting, if you want to call it that. It, it's not you're not crafting bullets, you're not crafting armor, you're not crafting weapons. You're taking something and you're modifying it. Let's let's huh. just assume that somehow Obsidian got over the all the bugs by. Not having random pieces know, of stuff yeah. all over the place, clogging up memory, and and having a crafting system that might be the uh, the crux of it. I don't know. That's complete random guess. But, it know. does seem like a the weird way... choice for a game like this. Also, it's a new thing, isn't it? It's not it's not tied to an existing franchise or anything, really. No, yeah, it's original IP, which works as yeah. a, a plus and a minus in some ways, I guess. But you know. I, I will buy the shit out of the Outer Worlds too if it ever happens. I don't know Even if, if they're going to make an Outer like this. I, I guess this is kind of final thoughts. This to me felt almost like a, well, let's make a budget game. You know, it, it didn't seem like full AAA to me. It didn't feel like a budget game to me, but what it felt like was some sort of swan song for the old before they bring out something like Grounded. Oh yeah, I can see that too. Absolutely. And I don't mean budget in the bad oh, way. Was remember. Like promotional plug that, Craig. Good job. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, Katamari Damacy was a budget game, and look at that thing. That thing is great. Uh, no, I, I don't mean as in it looks cheap, or I don't see a lot of the same splurging that I see in AAA stuff. Like, again, like some people have the same faces. You don't really see that in big old AAA games, but in this, you're like, yeah, 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 that's fine. Whatever. Let's work on the bugs. Let's get everything else out. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, does anybody else have anything else they want to say before we jump into the uh, story for episode two? I've got nothing spoiler free. Okay. But a, an urgency of if in some bizarre world someone is listening to this at all, uh, you've not played this game, go and play it because it's wonderful. 
Um, I kind of, I kind of agree with Craig, given you know some caveats. Um, the one mm. thing none of us have said, I don't think, to this point, is this is a uh, reasonably sized RPG, which is something that doesn't happen very uh, often. I suppose, yeah, you're right. You're uh, right. It's not, it's not a monster to get through at all. No, it's not a Fallout. It's not a Skyrim. It's just, hey, yeah. um, do you have twenty five hours that maybe we could borrow? You know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It, it's not huge by any means. I think even if you're on the fence, it's worth a shot. I, I mean, you can kind of boil this down to, do you like first-person RPGs? If so, then you will probably like this. Uh, we didn't talk about the actual stealth mechanic either, but we'll do that next episode. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to echo what you guys said. It's very, very nice little thing, which won't abuse your time. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it works perfectly. All right. Oh, I uh, love you guys. <laughs> that wraps us up for episode one. Uh, like we said before, uh, the story and a little bit of mechanics bleed over will be in episode two. Uh, you can join us next week when we do that. If you have a suggestion of a game you'd like to su- suggest for the show. Fucking uh, out smooth. I know, right? Uh, you can do that at thebiteffect.com. It's also where you can just yell at us. You can say hi. You can say, I have your wife, and she's duct taped to a chair. Uh, you, you can say a bunch of things if you'd like. Um, the only requirement we have is try to stay away from RPGs because we're we're kind of very specific about which ones we pick due to time constraints. Uh, other than that, yeah, you can suggest a game for Retro Rewind if you want us to just use that as a jumping point for talking about any number of stupid things that we talk about on that show. Uh, the next big game, the next big game is what we call a real butte. Uh, the next one is going to mm. be Darkest Dungeon, and I have no motive for thinking that's an amazing game at all. I don't remember who picked it, but somebody picked it. <laughs> um, and the way it works is right now, that is our last one of the three that we pick before we announce them. So we will... On the Darkest Dungeon episode, let you know what the next three games are that we're going to do. Um, and in terms of Retro Rewind, we are so far behind and ahead of schedule that I don't know where we are. But listen to that show. Anyway, gentlemen, say good night to the fine people. Good night, fine people. Good night from us at the Outer Wilds. Worlds. Worlds. <laughs> Worlds. <laughs> All right, thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time on part two. So, have a good night. Thank you.